We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. It's Football Friday on the Fan. It's a man's game now. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. We have great expectations. The Fan. All right, hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Friday afternoon where we're just, uh, we're streaming, man. We're streaming on the Odyssey app, 1080thefan.com. We're going streaming. YouTube, Twitch, and we are still alive on the 99.5 HD2 signal. Uh, this is because we have no power at our tower. Our tower transmits our signal across this fine land that we call Portland metro area, and uh, it's frozen. And we there's don't no have power. an ivory tower. We don't. We don't. We don't. And, you know, I think the hamsters froze that run the generator. Generator's out, inaccessible for another hour. So for at least about an hour and a half, if we're lucky, we will have no 1080 a.m. signal. We're trying to get it back up uh, in in this afternoon, but it's been where our transmitter is at. Hard to get to, hard problem to fix. So Portland, sneaky hilly. People don't know know that sneaky hilly. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you could just look, and you can. It's not that sneaky. It is know? if you don't look. If you're not paying attention. That's a great point, Will. If you don't look, sneaky hilly. Because you don't, I mean, I don't really think about it being that hilly, and then all yeah. of a sudden it's icy and you start driving around, and you're like, oh. Boy, there's a lot of hills. There's a lot of hills. Wow. And they have eyes. There's a re- <laughs> Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Uh, the Raiders, looks like they're hiring Antonio Pierce as their head coach. Are we... Yeah, we're we're good with that. That's good hire. It's a good hire. Look, anytime you fire a coach, can we do better? You have a broke owner in Mark Davis. And if you're going to go out and you're going to be paying John Gruden and Josh McDaniels not to coach your team, got to get a guy who's not going to be breaking the bank. Bill Belichick, going to break the bank. Jim Harbaugh, going to break the bank. Mike Vrabel, bank breaker. You've got to get a guy that understands who you are, what you're doing, and the players wanted Antonio Pierce. And I think that is the biggest thing is that he got not just 
a reaction in a short spurt, but over a long period of time. He coached nine games this year. And this is staggering because these numbers are, it does not, it does not happen often. In the nine games, which is over half of a season, you can you can see that they were a touchdown better offensively and a touchdown better defensively. They went from giving up 24 points a game to 16 points per game when Antonio Pierce took over. That is a that is an incredible leap. And to do that over a nine-game stretch where guys were checking out with McDaniels as the head coach for the first eight, and you're able to, they led the NFL in weeks nine through 18 at 16 points per game. That's impressive. But then you flip it on the offensive side of the ball where Josh McDaniels, who is a good play caller, good offensive coordinator, horrible leader of men, horrible head coach, and when all of it's crashing down on him, horrible person. becomes a horrible play caller too. And when you add, you got a touchdown better defensively by going from 20, I think it was 23.6 points per game down to 16 points per game allowed. And then offensively you go from, they still weren't good offensively, but I think they went from like uh, 15 up to 22. You got a touchdown better on both sides of the football. The players wanted him. Max Crosby said, I ain't signing an extension unless we get Antonio Pierce. You need stability there. You need to get a roster that is not as bad as their record indicated, especially with McDaniels as the head coach. Okay. This was an eight-win team that was in turmoil for half the year. They were in turmoil for half the year. Antonio Pierce smoothed the waters. He was did a damn fine job. He's been a guy that people for years have been talking about, like, hey, he's got that juice. He's got that cerebral nature to be a head coach. And the the players bought into everything he did. And now you look at a Raiders team, you know how many head coaches they've had in the last 20 years? CBS Sports just uh, tweeted this out. Six. Twelve. <sighs> if you include interim coaches... 12. Strikes. You got a, you got Tom Cable in there. You've got uh, Basaccia. You've got Antonio Pierce. You've got McDaniels. Uh, Gruden, obviously. Yeah. I mean, forget about Gruden. Yeah. I mean, they have gone friggin' through it. It goes Antonio Pierce, Josh McDaniels, Rich Basaccia, John Gruden, Jack Del Rio, Tony Sperano, Dennis Allen, Hugh Jackson, Tom Cable, Lane Kiffin, Art Shell, Norv Turner in the last 20 years, and Brian Callahan. You forget about Norv Turner. Norval. Former Oregon Duck, Norv Turner. He's not a very good head coach. Another great coordinator. Great football mind that Norv Turner is. But look, I think Antonio Pierce is that guy. Now they just, they have to figure out, like, he can... He can get the defensive side of the football. They must improve offensively. They You cannot be as void of talent on the offensive side of the ball if you're the Las Vegas Raiders. You have Josh Jacobs. You have Devontae Adams. You went and you paid uh, Jacoby Myers from New England, which is a bad idea, but Josh McDaniels, he'll do that. You've got to figure out your quarterback position because Aiden O'Connell ain't going to do it. Jimmy Garoppolo can't be on that roster any longer. And then uh, you you move forward from there. Bolster your offensive line. 
get a quarterback, and get a damn good play caller. Get a pit bull play caller. And if he, if Antonio Pierce can do that, then I think everything kind of evens out and everything calms down. You know what is? You know where I would go if I'm Antonio Pierce? I'd see what Eric Bieniemy's doing. He's went to the Commanders. Ron Rivera got fired. His name's not coming up for any of these head coaching searches anymore. I'll still never understand that. Bad interview. And I, and I guess the guys don't love him either because he can be a red ass. Uh, you think? You almost had a damn mutiny. But if you have Bieniemy working alongside Antonio Pierce, and Antonio Pierce is setting the culture, and Bieniemy can still, offensively, very bright mind, but you need to have a coach that, look, can throw his thumb on the scales and say, uh-uh, and I don't think Antonio Pierce is going to take that flack from anybody. And Ron Rivera... He was dancing around. He had so many other fires that he needed to put out. Eric Bieniemy at the beginning there was least of his problems. But if I'm Antonio Pierce, I'm kicking those tires real quick because you have some tools, but you cannot be just as lethargic and uncreative as they have been offensively. So Antonio Pierce, next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And look, Two head coaching hires down, both of them in-house. New England goes Gerard Mayo. Uh, Raiders go Antonio Pierce. How will either one of those work out? <laughs> I don't know. Two great linebackers, though. Two great linebackers. Well, as long as Antonio Pierce doesn't have to recruit during COVID, I think he'll be fine. Hello! Do you think he brings on Herm? I think he should be like, let's get the band back together. He just goes and hires that entire staff, goes and hires the great Zach Hill. He's like, uh, hey. Herm, do you want to – we're going to send out a tweet. We're going to bring you on as defensive backs coach. Don't press in. Don't press in. Well, he has some all-time great hey, quotes. We're going we're gonna to roll it out there. You play to win the game. Yeah, just hey, bring Herm. Herm, just come coach again. Remember, football's football. Yeah. Zach Hill, former Hillsborough High School head football coach. Former Prairie Falcon yeah. quarterback. Former – we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Central Washington Wildcat. There's a lot of formers in there. Go Cats. There's a lot of formers. He's a very good Wildcat. All right. <clears throat> um, 
let's start diving into divisional round matchups. Uh, we've got four games this weekend, and the first one, going to be a doozy, baby. Battle of Wills next on The Fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Battle of Wills going to Baltimore tomorrow, and I don't mean Ortner. You won't be there. You'll be snowed in. You don't know where I will be. Yeah, you're right, I don't. Where are you going to be? I'm going to be here for Pilots. Yeah, okay. Uh, Texans at Ravens, 1.30 on ESPN, the first of our four divisional round games this weekend. Week one rematch where Baltimore just absolutely mopped the floor with the Houston Texans. I think 25-9 final score there. That's the game J.K. Dobbins went out with uh, his Achilles injury. And teams are so different from week one to the playoffs. But the Houston Texans are like that on steroids, right? Because they had a rookie head coach in his first game of the regular (laughs) season, rookie quarterback in his first game of the regular season, rookie edge rusher, Will Anderson, first game of his career as well. The growth that we have seen from all three of those dudes as players and a coach have been incredible to watch. But what this game comes down to is that battle of wills. Because in all playoff games, as you get further along, it does turn on to it turn into your good on good, right? You don't have those mismatches. But the Ravens, they run the damn ball, right? Top rushing offense in the NFL. Um, going up against the sixth best rushing defense. And if you look at what the Texans do defensively, they give up 60 fewer yards per game on the ground than the Ravens average. Ravens average like 157 yards per game on the ground. 157. In the National Football League, that is insanity to run the ball that effectively and that well. Todd Monken in that offense, the, he has taken everything good that Greg Roman grew, and he put that miracle grow on it, man, and it is blossoming. It is incredible. And they're doing this without Mark Andrews for two months. And they're still finding their identity. And when your tight end goes down, like Mark Andrews isn't like a huge part of their run game. But what he does is he takes a linebacker, a set of eyes from a linebacker, because you have to know where he is at all times. Mm. And they're still able to run the ball that well. They're doing it also with Lamar Jackson not running the ball as much as he has in the past. Right. And that is the in J.K. Dobbins went down in week one. They're doing this with a a stable of backs that has been limited. Right. Like it's incredible to see, to see what Baltimore has been doing this season with the amount of injuries that they've had. Well, and Mitchell went down in the middle of the year. Uh, what you're seeing though from this Baltimore team, I feel like is what we talked about. Lamar Jackson claimed he could be, and what the system he wanted around him. When everyone was discussing, well, do you give him the contract extension or do you keep him on the tag? Because this was the whole thing about it. It was, well, when Lamar runs and he runs the way that Roman wanted him to, that's when they were at their best. And Lamar was like, no, 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 no. I want to be able to throw the football. Get me wide receivers around me. I'm not just a running back that's playing quarterback. I am a legit quarterback and I can make all the throws. And I don't think anyone's been more vindicated this football season than Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. He went out, and 
I have to give him credit to have the foresight to say, I know everyone says my best ability is running and that I'm most electric when I'm running. I'm going to take it back. And he still is. Yes, 100%. But he had the foresight to go, if I want to have a long career, I need to be able to continue to grow in the pocket. And that's exactly what he's done. And then when he runs, it's because it's needed. We talked about it yesterday. It's like Mahomes. When Mahomes chooses to run, it's the only option in that moment, and it's the best option. That's what Lamar has done this year. It's why he's healthier this season. And then his growth as a pocket passer, I feel, has opened up the run game because teams can't load the box anymore. Absolutely. They used to just load the box. It's like, well, whatever. If it's not a deep shot, well, Lamar ain't throwing it. His ability to step up and, and use the pocket because most most quarterbacks, right, if you're a traditional pocket passer, they want to collapse your pocket from the middle. Right. Right? When you have a runner, well, I mean, hell, you can look at most of these quarterbacks that are remaining, exception Jared Goff, probably. He's the only one that doesn't move. You have got a – you have the way that these defenses attack is from the outside because you have to set edges to make sure they don't get mm. – on the perimeter on you because they'll take off and run or they'll create and always keep their eyes downfield. And I think the other seven quarterbacks do an incredible job of keeping your eyes downfield when you get outside of that pocket. So when Lamar Jackson adds this wrinkle to his game where, hey, I'm stepping up into the pocket, keeping my eyes downfield, there's far fewer pressures coming from the middle because you can't with Lamar Jackson because he is going to get and he's going to win a foot race to the edge if you if you do not bring uh, pressure on the outside, and if you do not set those edges high, because he has the speed to kind of bow it around and get to get to the outside, this is the scary part. If you're Houston, Lamar Jackson ain't got anything to lose now. He's right. he's going to start running the ball as well, and this is a really good rush defense. They are very disciplined. D'Amico Ryan's for all the criticisms that he has gotten over the course of the year for. Hey, is he a good X's and O's coach? Did you see the video that they put out? Literally explains step-by-step step how to get the interception that turned into, I believe it was a the pick, first pick six? Yeah, the first pick six. He's like, hey, when the corner, when, when the receiver comes out, you know, when he sets you up right here, you got to dive underneath him because he's going to come right back inside. Boop. Pick six against Joe Flacco. Dude has got and he is he has done a phenomenal job with this defense. Again, one of eight teams in the NFL that had averages fewer than 100 yards rushing allowed per game. And if we're being quite frank here, two of the teams that are ahead of them, nobody ran the ball on cuz they didn't have to. Chicago mm-hmm. and New England didn't have to run the ball on. You could just throw the ball whenever you wanted, wherever you wanted against right. those two teams. So, uh you have the battle of wills where Baltimore's going to want to run the ball to set up Zay Flowers getting loose deep. If if Mark Andrews plays, nightmare. Oh, shoot. Nightmare. The way Isaiah, Isaiah Likely has grown in that tight end position, too. Mm-hmm. Even Run if a little you, 12, huh? If, if you put in Mark Andrews with Likely, all of a sudden you almost have two tight ends. I don't yep. I can't remember a tight end group that has performed this well and if they can get them to perform this well together since early 2010 New England Patriots. <laughs> where they just used two pretty high draft picks on Aaron Hernandez and uh, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Yeah. It worked I mean, out really when's well. When's the him. last tight end group that was built like that? Most teams, they have one good tight end and they have some average other tight ends when you have a really good tight end group. Isaiah likely has really emerged as kind of the safety blanket when Mark Andrews is not there, who was the original safety blanket. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then you have the, the battle of wills on the other side of, uh, of the ball as well, where Houston and C.J. Stroud, they, they spin it, man. They throw the ball all over the field. And Baltimore and John Harbaugh's team, once again, doesn't matter who the coordinator is. Doesn't matter. Wink Martindale's gone. Nope. They're just going to have one of the top defenses in the league again, and they are dynamite against the pass. And you have one of the a top 10 passing offense, top 10 passing defense going up against each other. And the diamond in the rough, again, that this is what the great franchises do, right? Mm-hmm. They find those guys that people have given up on or they're just like the sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick, undrafted guy. Geno Stone is a damn dude in the back end for the Baltimore Ravens. His story's nuts. Have you heard about Geno Stone? No. So, he in the 2020 draft, COVID draft, he was the 21st safety taken in the draft. He was... And he knows all their names. He got waved. Yeah, he got waved by the Ravens. Guess what team picked him up? The Houston Texans. <laughs> okay, it's a revenge game. It's a stone revenge game. It's a revenge of the team that avenged him. He gets revenge against them because he gets waved by the Texans. Ravens bring him back, and this is like in in 2021 so he was on he was cut twice by the ravens picked up by the texans cut by the texans goes back to baltimore in 2021 and he's just been kind of like their little pet project that they've been working on just trying to grow him week after week last week last year he becomes a safe uh, starting safety for them about midway through the year and then this year seven interceptions took him it took him four seasons for this to pay off for the Baltimore Ravens. Earned but it. they got a damn dude back there. Ball hawk. Mm-hmm. And C.J. Stroud is he's risk adverse as a quarterback. In that, like some people are like, ah, just throws the ball away. I don't care. Don't turn the damn ball over. Right. C.J. Stroud does not turn the ball over. Live to fight another day. You have the team that creates the most turnovers in the NFL in the Baltimore Ravens, 31 turnovers this year, against a team that turned the ball over, I think, if not the fewest, one of the fewest turnovers, uh, turnover-prone teams in the NFL in the Houston Texans. Both of them, they like are leaders in the NFL in turnover margin. Like these two teams, they are protect the damn ball, get it back for our offense, and that's that's what the key to success in the playoffs. Like hell, look at what the Texans did to Joe Flacco: two pick sixes, game over, boom, done, done, done. Commit no turnovers themselves. That's what wins in the playoffs. Like, it's stupid and it's simple, but that's what it takes to win in the playoffs. And that's what makes this game, for me, it's going to be more fun because it's not going to be C.J. Stroud. I mean, if it is, that's a whole different storyline. But it's not going to be C.J. Stroud, turning the rookie, turning the ball over a ton against this Baltimore Ravens defense, this vaunted one-seeded defense. This game is going to be a little bit tighter than that nine-and-a-half-point line. I it, I just have that feeling. This game is going to be tighter than that nine and a half point line. Let's hear what our BetQL Network Insider has to say about Ooh. it. Ryan Horvat joins us next, the host of BetMGM tonight. Uh, he joins us to get the playoff lines from the Vegas perspective. First is Will with Sports Center.
This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Joining us now is our Odyssey Sports betting insider, host of BetMGM tonight, Ryan Horvath. Joining us now, calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to BetMGM tonight for more of Ryan's analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. How you doing, my man? Doing good, man. We get a uh, snow day here in uh, in in Maryland, the Washington D.C. DMV area, I mm. guess, um, which is funny, you know, like. Back home, like in Chicago or even, you know, in Wisconsin when I lived there, um, nothing would be shut down unless there's six to seven inches of snow. Here we get hit with one inch, two inches of snow, and, like, everything is shut down. Nobody really knows how to handle it. Nobody knows what to do with themselves. So we get a nice little uh, – Nice little snow day. We get to work remote, so it's not too bad on a football Friday, man. <laughs> you are talking to a, a city right now in Portland, Oregon, that we are now on day six of our yeah. of, uh, of our snowmageddon, and it has just turned to ice here. And ice is a different animal, and because when you have yeah. all the hills that and trees that we have here, everything has just been shut down for a week. Like, no schools for the week. Like, it's just a sheet of ice. I'm sure you heard the DeAndre Ayton. What was your take on the DeAndre Ayton missing the game for a snow day? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. That actually, not really all that funny, but that happened to uh, Trista, actually, as well. She couldn't get out of her neighborhood the same day because of ice, because of black ice. You know, she's, like, in this community report, and um, she was getting phone calls and text messages all day. Like, people were getting into accidents just trying to leave the subdivision. So, like, I get it, man. Yeah. And, you know, usually, like, I would laugh at it, but, see, I, I agree. Like, snow doesn't really bother me. You know, as long as you have the right automobile. Like, you have four-wheel drive or you're in a safe enough car or you're taking it easy, not trying to speed to get somewhere. Or but a Toyota it's scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But ice... I don't mess with ice, man, especially yeah. black ice, because uh, that's when things could get dangerous. So I feel for you guys. Hopefully it melts soon and you're able to uh, go about your life. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, as long as you're, like, stocked up on groceries, it's not all that bad, because at least we got some, like, football and we got NBA and college hoops. You're good. We're good to go. We're good to go. All right, let's dive into this uh, divisional round weekend, because I think we get four really good games. I, I really do. In the lines for tomorrow – are really big, man. We got nine and a half point lines in the Texans and the Ravens and then Packers and Niners. And to me, I kind of see what, okay, I actually I'll frame it to you this way. Which one of those two games do you think has the better opportunity for the underdog to cover? You know, as crazy as it sounds, I would probably actually say the Houston Texans. And yeah. I say as crazy as that sounds, because I feel like Green Bay, I keep saying is one of the more popular bets everybody's taking them on the money line. Their odds are three to one because they just beat Dallas and the way that they looked. And I'm a green Bay fan, but I hate this matchup. I think the biggest mismatch all weekend is going to be Kyle Shanahan against Joe Barry. And I know the Packers defense has been all right the last couple of weeks, but I don't think they're going to be able to play man coverage against San Francisco because then Brandon Ayuk's going to go nuts. If they try to play the soft zone coverage that Joe Barry loves to play, I just think George Kittle's going to have a huge game. That's why I played his receptions over three and a half, over 52 and a half receiving yards. Look what Jake Ferguson did. I know a lot of that was in garbage time against Green Bay, but he had 10 receptions over 100 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Debo Samuel should also have a huge game. They're not really great against the run. And Jordan Love's been really good. And a lot of that has because of Green Bay's offensive line, number two in pass protection. But San Francisco is able to get some natural pressure with guys like Nick Bosa, obviously, Chase Young. So, 
I think San Francisco is just a total mismatch. I like the Niners. But with the Texans, man, that's one of the lower totals. It's down to 43 and a half. Mm-hmm. It opened at 46 and a half. And the reason that continues to plummet, and I'm like 25, 30 minutes away from the stadium, it's going to be windy here. And C.J. Stroud was awesome that first playoff game. The only thing that scares me, now he has to go on the road, and now he has to do it against that Baltimore Ravens defense, which has been, like, historically good this season. Um, and they're able to get natural pressure. Same thing, C.J. Stroud, when he's under pressure, quarterback number 48, he struggles against man defense. But Cleveland plays the highest rate of man coverage, and he absolutely torched them last weekend. I think this comes down to the Texans having to be able to run the ball. They haven't really run the ball the last couple weeks, really all season long. But if they could run the ball even like three, four yards per carry, and it's a low-scoring game, and they're able to force a couple turnovers, maybe they could pull off the upset, at least keep this game close. So if I was going to take any dogs uh, tomorrow, I would have to go with Houston at 9.5. I'd probably stay away from Green Bay, though. I think San Francisco might hang 40 on them. All right, uh, looking at the two Sunday games, I think we're going to get the two tighter games. The lines do indicate that as well, as you have uh, Detroit six-and-a-half-point favorites as they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Detroit and Tampa, they both have, like, it, there's always this wild card of uh, which Baker and which Goff could show up. Will it be bad Baker or bad Goff? Both of these guys have been pretty damn special this year, though, and have put up great numbers who do you have more confidence in in guiding in the playoffs, Baker on the road or Jared at home? Yeah, I mean, they both, like you said, they both are really good. I mean, look what they did last week. And I, I think they're both actually going to have some success. I like the over in this game. I think yeah. it's going to be a high-scoring game, maybe the highest-scoring game of the weekend. I think you look at Tampa Bay, they like the Blitz. Todd Bowles loves the Blitz. And Jared Goff's been really good against the Blitz, actually. He's not great when he's under pressure. But against the Blitz, he's averaging seven yards per completion. He's getting rid of the ball quickly. So I think this should be a big game for St. Brown. I think they're going to be able to score points. I, just, I thought six and a half was too many points the way that Tampa Bay is playing. Like what nobody's yeah. talking about, since they've got everybody back healthy on the defensive side of the ball, like a healthy Vita Vea, there's a lot of guys still there from that Super Bowl run. They've been much better defensively. I know this is a rematch, kind of like that Houston-Baltimore game that was 20-9 to nine week one. Last time we saw this game, the Detroit Lions won it 20-6, to six, but mm-hmm. – I think, man, I think Tampa's going to be able to keep this game close, actually. I think Baker's going to have some success. And uh, I love the Mike Evans props. I took his receiving yards at 68.5. It's up to 71 right now. He's he's got a great matchup in this game. It doesn't matter what defensive back they put on him on the outside. Detroit doesn't have anybody over 5'11". So I think Evans is going to have a big game, man. I think Tampa keeps it close. But I ultimately think Detroit probably wins since they're at home. But uh, six and a half is way too many points. I'd probably make the number four and a half. Also, we got the the fact that uh, Chris Godwin out of the slot is really damn good, and Detroit has a horrible time covering anybody in the slot. It's going to be – Baker's going to put up big numbers. I agree in that one. And the, the final game that we kind of wrap up our divisional round weekend with is the line is the closest. Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point favorites. You get three for just being at home, and they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. Patrick Mahomes finally has to hit the road for a playoff game. How do you see this one going where Mahomes hasn't played in a hostile environment uh, in, in the playoffs? Never. Has never done it because his only games that you could consider away from Kansas City have been neutral site Super Bowl games, which are sanitized corporate events now. Yeah, exactly. And that's crazy, right? I had to go back and I was like, what about a New England? The you know first year when he played Brady? No, that game was actually at Arrowhead as well. Um, if anybody could handle the road environment the hostile territory it's probably Patrick Mahomes but man I mean like the Bills have been in must win mode now 
for the last month of the season, really. Yeah. I know week 18, that game really didn't matter. It was just for the division because everything worked out for them, so it didn't really matter against Miami. But they've been in, like, must-win-now mode, and uh, I like the way that they're trending. But if I'm going to get three points with Patrick Mahomes, I know it's sitting there right now at two and a half, and they keep popping, like, threes out there, minus 120. If you're going to give me a full field goal with Mahomes, I have to take it. I just I think this game is going to come down to last possession. It'd be funny if it went down to an overtime game, came down to being an overtime game because they changed the playoff, the overtime rules because of that playoff game a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, if Buffalo doesn't get it done this year, I think there's going to be some changes. I don't know if they would actually fire Sean McDermott, but maybe they would, man, because they fired Ken Dorsey and they don't have many more years with this current roster. You're, I, Josh Allen's not going anywhere, but the defense, I mean, they're older, they're beat up. They've had so many injuries. So I like the Chiefs to cover. But, man, I really want to see it for Buffalo. I want to see it for their fans. I think it's a great fan base, a great organization. I would love to see them win it all. But, man, it's, 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 wouldn't it make so much sense to see Mahomes win this game and then even go to the damn Super Bowl and win it? He's like the yeah. classic movie villain that you just can't kill off. They lead the league in drops. But all of a sudden now, like, Rasheed Rice looks really good. Travis Kelsey, even though he looks, a, he looks like he's washed, man, he's still going to have seven, eight receptions in this game, you know? It wouldn't shock me if they were able to run the ball if they just made another run because of Steve Spagnola, that defense, and Andy Reid. I've been tell- I've been saying this for over a month now. Like Kansas City, with the way their receiving core is built and the weapons that they have, when Isaiah Pacheco gets healthy, you have to run the ball with him. Like you, you have yeah. to find that has to be your identity. And it must might have been the perfect thing for this Chiefs team that the weather was negative thirty with the wind chill because they were forced to do it and they did it so successfully against Miami. I mean, it may actually help Kansas City out that the weather was so bad because they found that identity offensively. Yeah, and I mean, it ended up working out because Miami looked like. Like everybody else kind of expected them to look, I guess, in the cold weather at Arrowhead, too. Uh, I thought that they were going to fare a little bit better because they were going to be able to run the ball against Kansas City. That's the only weakness, really, they have on the defensive side of the ball. Their secondary is really good. I love Legereus Need. They blitz a ton, though. They're super aggressive, so you could run on them. But uh, Miami, for whatever reason, didn't want to do that. They wanted Tua to drop back 30-plus times. They they treated him like he was Dan Marino out there. Uh, I I can't wait to see what happens in this game, though. But you know, Buffalo, kind of the same thing, man. They have to run the ball here. They're good. This is going to have to be a big James Cook game, and Josh Allen's going to have to use his legs in this one as well because their secondary yeah. is really good. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. You know, I know that last game in the playoffs was really high-scoring and it went to overtime. I see this, like, I think this is going to be like 24-17. Um, I bet the under here. Betting the under at 45-and-a-half is what um, I'm seeing that, that total at right now. I mean, this is I, – I we have great – Quarterback play, we've got great matchups across the board in Divisional Round Weekend, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, Horvat, we really appreciate your time. Do you have any favorite plays heading into the weekend that you, that you like that our, our people should know about? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I do like San Francisco, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to target them a couple different ways. I like them over 14.5 points, team total points in the first half. Uh, I love George Kittle, like I said, over 52.5 receiving yards. Green Bay not only can't just defend the middle of the field, they're also really poor tackling, the fourth worst tackling team in the league. George Kittle eats off the yak. So I like him. Mike Evans receiving yards. Mike Evans anytime touchdown I absolutely love. <laughs> and then I like the uh, I like the Travis Kelsey receiving yards too. This is a really good matchup for him. And uh, I'll end up probably end up betting the Texans. What, what I'm waiting for there is I want it to go to 10, maybe even 10 and a half. Nine and a half, 
that's not it's kind of like a dead number. But if we get to ten, I'll probably play Houston. Well, tomorrow. I'll tell you what: when the wind starts being like the story, right, and it's like yeah. and that'll start picking up. That's when that, that line's going to jump again because whatever team runs the ball better is going to be the one that people are going to side with. So I, I think we may get it to ten or ten and a half by tomorrow morning before this thing kicks off. Horvat, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. There he is, Ryan Horvat, our BetQL Network sports betting insider and the host of BetMGM Tonight. Uh, insider calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today in the BetMGM app. All right, let's dive uh, back in. We got a worse day on the web. Um, boy, we knew it was bad between these two, but we're like a decade later, and they're Twitter fighting. Next on The Fan. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. That sucks. All right, our worst day on the web today. (laughs) I was floored when I saw this. We are a decade removed from these two actually being attached at the hip, but uh, here we are. Twitter fights, they never end. Um... Jay Gruden, former Washington Redskins head coach. That's what that's their team name back then. Remember that? The R words? Yeah, that was two uh, names ago for that team. This is how long it's been. Two name changes of the franchise. I can't believe it's been a decade. Almost going to be a third name change. Think about that. They're, like By all accounts, the commanders are, are going to change their name again. Like Josh Harris is like, this is stupid. We want something new. Um, but Jay Gruden and RG3 are Twitter fighting, which did not have that one on the bingo card. Didn't see it coming. During the Monday night wild card game between the Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles, Gruden tweeted out, if I ever put a quarterback what Philly's putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. And when I saw that tweet, I was like, oh, damn, I wonder if he's meaning RG3. RG3 then quote tweeted it, say what? You weren't, uh, and then Gruden took the bait and said, you weren't prepared, Robert. Uh Uh-oh, that's not good. And we get escalating from there. Um, Griffin said, you told me you didn't know how to coach a quarterback who could throw and run like me, so it looks like you weren't prepared, Jay. Grin said, you're right. We didn't have good enough stuff. Sorry. Hope all is well with you. Hey, that is a, that's a good way to kind of, all right, this is going to be, we're going to make this go away. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Because RG3 then went in on his podcast and talked about how Gruden went off on him and then, uh, you know, burned him in front of his teammates. And then Gruden got back on Twitter and said, you really want to play this game? And RG3 said, I'm not into playing any games. I'm retired. You have a free invite to come on the show. Oh, yeah. Pump the pump the podcast. That's right. Come on the pod. Let's, Let's get go. into a fight. We should get in a Twitter fight. Yeah. Um, and then Gruden said, you weren't good enough. Kirk, Kirk was better. Cleveland didn't want you. Baltimore didn't either. Quit blaming me. <laughs> Hit him with and, the then, F-U. and then... Gruden goes and says, go race a pigeon, and posted the video of RG3 racing the Seahawk in Seattle. That's such a great clapback. I love this. I love all of this. This is fantastic. Such a great clapback. I I love it all. But I did not have Jay Gruden RG3 fighting on Twitter. 
I didn't realize it was that bad between them. Yeah, it, it got salty. Well, RG three's a diva, man. And, Ooh, he's and corny. Jay Gruden is a Gruden. He's a red ass. Yeah, that's uh, true. Like he is what he is. And RG three is very much about himself. And we know that. Wait, you mean the guy who on national TV made it a big deal that he had to run and go see his wife because she was immediately in labor at that moment? Then we found out two months later that her actual due date was yeah. two months later. Yeah. And when she had her actual kid, yeah. that guy is all about himself. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. The more you know. But there is something, though, about RG3 in, in that kind of gets lost in this is that I don't think Jay Gruden liked Robert Griffin III the person, right? Uh, I don't think either one of them liked the person. But you have to separate the person from the player, and I think Jay Gruden probably had a an, took issue with that because now Jay Gruden probably thinks that RG three because he is, you know, out there as much, you know, in the public, wanting attention, stuff like that, probably felt like he was not preparing as he needed to. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this, man. RG3 did prepare for football and he's it, like as a broadcaster I know for a fact he does prepare because like you hear in production meetings he's the most active one like he is asking actual questions mm-hmm. trying to dig in both offensively and defensively when they meet with head coaches coordinators on both sides of the football actually trying to you know get to what they the the core of what they're doing beyond what he'll say on a broadcast, which a broadcast stuff is very surface level type stuff. Right. And there are coaches that rave about like, hey, RG three, he does a really good job in preparing. Um and as a player, RG three prepared. They just it, it was so new. Like, could you imagine what they would do with RG three now? He was really at the infancy and people still trying to figure out what the what you needed to do with an athlete like him playing quarterback well, he was and still, running the football. Like he was at that age and he came in right around I mean, I know he was a higher pick than Terrell Pryor, but when Terrell Pryor came in, it was like, how quickly can we get him to wide receiver? How quickly can we move Denard Robinson and uh his untied shoes to slot receiver? That's right. People didn't know how to deal with, with RG three, and there was also that belief of you can't have a running quarterback because they don't work enough on their passing ability. And it's not it, – it, it isn't just, you know, RG3, the running quarterback, because, look, it, he was in college, like, during the blur, right? When when mm, Chip Kelly offense, yeah. and the blur offense and the zone read was starting to be the boom, it took so long for that to trickle up to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, r- really, there is trickle up. Like, a lot of the stuff that we see – it starts at high school levels because you have to find the shortcut. Right. Right? When you don't have the dudes and you got to go. When you're at, um, I don't know, I don't want to denigrate any high school, but when you're at Hudson's Bay and you have to go take on Central Catholic, there's a talent difference. There, Yeah. And so you have to find the shortcuts to compete. And, you know, it is different in college where you're recruiting your guy, your style. Right? And it's even different, in the more different in the NFL where – Everybody's got the damn dudes, mm-hmm. right? But and so there was so much reluctance in how you molded your offenses. It was so stagnant. That's why, like we talk about, you know, Kyle Shanahan and his coaching tree. Well, his dad, Mike, the zone read or the zone blocking scheme. People are like, ah, this is so unique and different. It's like everybody runs it now. 
But in they the run it in high school. In the nineties, that's all we run. <laughs> in the nineties, it was like this brand new thing, and the NFL couldn't figure it out. Wait, you don't just put a hat on the hat and go? <laughs> you don't literally point one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we're not we're not going down the line. What are we doing here? Right? It is the NFL is so slow to adapt because everybody is worried about their job, right? And RG three quite literally had world class speed, world class speed. I mean, he beat that pigeon. He beat the he did he beat the pigeon. I mean, he was one of the best hurdlers in the nation in college. Like he was a bona fide dude in the four hundred hurdles. He ran a forty nine two something. That is absolutely flying over hurdles for 400 meters. He was a freak athlete. He ran, and for 300 hurdles reference, in high school, he ran a 35-3 in the 300 hurdles. Oh, my God. He Like, RG3, he was a guy that, his athleticism, Jay Gruden didn't know how to coach, and he even admitted in that little Twitter spat that they had. But... The fact that here we are a decade later hashing this thing out, moi, chef's kiss. I absolutely love it. And I now, love when people fight on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, like, uh, John Gruden was able to have a computer anymore, he'd be, I'd love to see him getting in fights on, on the internet. I don't, I don't think any of us need to see that. Yeah, yeah. I think we'd learn new language. Yeah. And, like, uh, you know, this text says, wasn't Vic on the Vancouver 4 text, like, wasn't Vic and McNabb in the league for, like, 10 years before RG3? Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't know how to use them. Like, Michael Vick, they they tried to go, you will be a passer. They were like, sit in the pocket and don't move. The other thing, too, is they were the outliers of their time. Because yeah. if you really want to do this, what? then the whole thing is, well, Randall Cunningham was able to move, right? R- Fran Tarkington. They were outliers. RG3 is the start of... No, I need a quarterback that can move yep. because I want to use that ability. The Absolutely. plus one run game, when you can use a quarterback where they're running and now you get an extra blocker. You're playing 11 on 10. It completely changes how a defense has to stop you and has to attack you. And people didn't really start taking that concept and running with it in the NFL mm-hmm. until right around when RG3 comes in. Yep. And, I mean, look, think of the way that teams – create numbers mismatches in the run game when you have a running quarterback you just leverage a team you could leave three guys on the backside unblocked and when you have a guy with the speed Mm -hmm. of rg3 Mm -hmm. (laughs) good luck those guys aren't catching him i mean think about it when you have a guy with the speed of rg3 you can go empty backfield have all all of your wide receivers on the line of scrimmage wide receivers tight ends running back at any point, any of those guys can go deep. RG3 has the ability to make that throw. Or, oh, by the way, they could also run a run play where RG3 gets out in yep. motion and starts starts running, right? he It can be designed for him to just take it as a draw or take it to the edge, whatever he wants to do. Can you imagine as a defense trying to make sure that you had enough guys to cover everyone if they all went deep at the same time and have enough guys in the box to stop RG3? Yep. You just can't do it. All right. Uh, that's our worst day on the web. It's fantastic. Womp, womp. Womp, womp, womp. Um, all right. Ducks Digest has a little report out here. Um, it'll About be in digestion. It, it, yes. It'll be in Will's Sports Center update. I can promise you that coming up in a few minutes from now. Uh, we'll start our number three. 
continuing breaking down the divisional round of the playoffs. We got a great one tomorrow, man. Pack Niners. Go Pack Go. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.